When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that teaches you how to advance into retirement rather than retreating. I'm your host and valedictorian, Eric Brotman, and we have a guest today who I think is going to be a whole lot of fun for our audience. Pat Struby has been a, a teacher of retirees and pre-retirees. He's been working with folks for 20 years. Uh, he's a regular guest on NBC News. He's written a very cool book called Save Your Retirement from Mass Destruction by the Seven Retirement Villains. And we're going to have a bunch of fun with Pat today. Pat, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, Eric. I'm excited to be here. I love the title of your book. I confess <laughs> to having not read it. And, and though it's now, on my, it's now on my wish list for the holidays, um, can you tell our audience a little bit about you and how you became passionate about this? And then, then we can dive into the seven villains, which is so cool. Yeah, uh, so um, I I kind of was going through high school and college and knew I wanted to be in finance, but didn't want to, didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, like so many of us, and uh, kind of stumbled into um, um, financial planning and working with uh, people getting ready to retire. And I had mentors along the way that kind of led me towards an expertise in retirement, and um, I just had that kind of burning desire to write a book at some point. And uh, I actually sat down, I got. You know, a million notes together. I wrote my whole first chapter, and I thought this is so good. And then I put it away, and I came back the next day, and I read it, and it was so boring, and I could not. I I absolutely could not believe it because I was writing it like a, like a textbook, you know. And um, oh, yeah. so that's where that's where the the initial genesis of this idea for this silly title, you know, save your retirement from mass destruction by the villains. That's where it came from. I came up with this idea of uh, these people trying to retire, and these seven different retirement villains trying to thwart their successful retirement and then kind of walking you through the book through a story of you know what these different dangers are and of course most importantly how you can try to protect yourself so so this really is a marriage of retirement planning and the x-men which is which is <laughs> just a, a really neat idea because personal finance books first of all i don't know if you've noticed but there are millions of them yeah. Uh, having having written three myself, I realize that it's a very very big pond, and you are a very very small pebble in it when that when that happens most of the time. Yes. Um, and to write something different, and to write something lively and entertaining and fun and shareable, is not easy. I mean, these are you you, you can't talk about IRA contribution limits and be <laughs> fun at the same time, can you? I mean, have you managed to do that? Well, I've tried. I will say that. And you know, one of the things I think. Um, fun, I guess if there's an adjective that we hear most often, maybe not fun, but I think the biggest thing is it's accessible. And what I mean by that is so many of our clients, we have clients that are passionate about finances or it's a hobby, but a lot of people, it's just a necessary evil, right? That's the reason they find people like us that you know have this passion for this kind of thing, but they want to understand. And I think I've had so many people say, what I loved about the, 
the book is, I don't understand finance. I'm intimidated by it, but I understood your book. And that, that was really the thing that I got the most out of it. And of course, like you say, so many books, it's trying to find a way to do it a little bit differently. And if, if you can actually have a, a personal finance book be a little bit of a page turner, that, and that's, that's kind of a, an ideal scenario. I don't know if I've, I've cracked that code perfectly, but that was certainly the goal. Well, you know, it's funny when I when I first started writing "Don't Retire, Graduate," I was joking with the team that if I called it Fifty Shades of Finance," I'd sell a ton <laughs> of copies. <laughs> and I, I don't know that that's the reputation I really wanted for my professional life, but but I was like, "There's got to be some way to do this, right?" So so let's dive in. Let's dive in. What are uh, it, what's the first what's the first retirement villain that can create mass destruction in your retirement? Yeah, so what I kind of went through, and I'm sure you know, um, most of these won't surprise you at all. Uh, but I basically just tried to drill down to the ones that I see all the time, either people, um, you know, getting burned by, or maybe um, not appreciating the risk to. So I started with a couple of them that I felt like were really foundational risks. Um, that sometimes someone who's just looking at the surface of their finances doesn't think about. So the first one is lady longevity. And of course, the the idea there is, you know, we are living longer, uh, pensions are less and less common. Um, and so this idea of outliving our money is it's a very real, very scary uh, thing to so many people as they're prepping for retirement. So she's the first one. The second one I called the invisible enemy, uh, which is, of course, referencing um, inflation, which, of course, is a big topic right now. And the funny thing is when I hired my cartoonist, he was upset at me. He said, well, you can't call anything invisible and expect me to draw something. So, so we, <laughs> well, we, wait a minute. We wait a minute. Wonder time. Woman had an, Wonder Woman had an invisible jet and we all saw it. See, there you In go. Fairness, <laughs> you can do this. Yeah. So your, your, your cartoonist needs, needs to reboot some things there. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I, I probably should have Absolutely. told him. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the reason I jump into both of those is of course, I always say, you know, the two of those uh, work together and it's that compounding inflation you know inflation for one year might be kind of annoying if the milk costs a little more or something like that but it's of course inflation over 10 20 30 years that can just have this massive effect on us and our finances over the course of our lives and so that's why i always like to kind of introduce those two together okay well the you know the invisible enemy you're right inflation is is definitely the stealth tax it's been called and it is something we're we're coping with now. I think it's interesting that millennials and Gen Zs have never seen it before. You know, I don't know how old a fellow you are, but if you have 20 years experience, I assume we're somewhere in the contemporary range here. Um, that yeah. means we have some idea what it means when things, when prices are higher next month than they were last month um, on just about everything. That can be a very alarming thing, particularly for folks who are on a fixed income um, and even more for folks who are on a fixed income as retirees. So, and, yeah. and then of course, lady longevity, I, you, you know, outliving your money is scary. It used to be, we, we worried so much about what if we don't wake up tomorrow? Now it's what if we turn 113? Yeah. And, and you make such a great point there about people, uh, and you're right, we are contemporaries. Uh, certainly people that are younger than us, they've literally never seen inflation. They've only known 0% interest rates for everything, you know, the lowest mortgage rates, the lowest savings rates and things like that. And of course, no one knows what the future holds, but we know that things change over time. And um, when there is significant inflation, exactly like you said, um, that's, a, that's a frustrating, difficult thing if you're 30 or 40, but when you're fully employed, 
um, there's an there's an understanding that generally your your income is going to keep up or more than keep up with that inflation. But yeah, when you're living off of a fixed pension, off of Social Security, and off of your nest egg, that is just an incredibly difficult thing to manage, and it's just one additional thing that recent retirees haven't had to had to deal with either. So I, I saw a statistic this week that um, that recent uh, or that this year. Um, U.S. employers um, gave raises or cost of living increases averaging 3.9% uh, for folks, uh, mm. at which, which is one of the better rates in a long time. We also read a couple months ago, Social Security is doing a cost of living adjustment that's like 6.2% or something, or yeah. 5.9, is it? 5.9 maybe. But it's the highest in 40 years. So this has already begun. I mean, I, I don't think this is a what if. This is a we're here, right? I certainly think so. And, and you know, I'm, I'm old enough to have learned my lesson about predicting the future. So I'm not going to say I know exactly what's going to happen. But uh, man, alive. I mean, um, you know, why would we think there's significant inflation for one year and it stops and it goes to zero? That that's, It's just not logical. You know, we haven't seen that historically with inflation. So it certainly appears that we have a challenge with inflation. And I've, I've been saying, you know, I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way. I felt like the last 10 years or so, it's one of the most difficult times to retire because most retirees would love to just plunk their money into a 7% CD and live off of the interest. And of course, rates are next to zero. Yeah. Uh, but the oh, only yeah. good thing for retirees lately is low to no inflation. And now that's coming up as well. So it's just adding another layer of, of challenges for retirees right now. Yeah, no, this is, this is not a math problem that gets easier. As we live longer and as things get more expensive, it, it doesn't get easier. And all the rules of thumb that were thrown at us, I don't, I don't know when you did your, your training, some of the rules of thumb that I used to hear 30 years ago were uh, you, you need 70% of your pre-retirement income to retire with dignity. And I consider that a plan to fail. Uh, it, it largely, if you're taking a pay cut when you stop getting your paycheck, you haven't done you haven't done what you're supposed to do, which is to preserve your lifestyle. Um, so let's let's move on because the the next villain is I think the, the single. If I had to pick one villain who scares me the most and who would keep me up at night, it would be evil Uncle Sam. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. a little of a it's a controversial uh, villain, but yeah, the idea here is. Of course, uh, you know, most of us believe that America is the greatest country in the world and we love it so much and we understand there needs to be a tax. You know, the government, there needs to be something provided by the government. But we also all know that um, politicians don't always have our best interests at heart. Uh, we know there is tremendous waste in the government. So when we have to pay more taxes, that grates on all of us, especially if we're working hard to try and save and accumulate for retirement. So evil Uncle, Uncle Sam just simply represents those taxes that we pay in retirement. I agree with you 100%. This is this is very high on our list right now. Our clients are very, very worried about future taxes as our government uh, builds debt and spends like crazy. Uh, what tax rates are going to be in the future uh, is anyone's guess, but this is an area that we really think people should be thinking about proactively right now. You know, I think not only is the government broke or deficit spending at just about every level, but we also have fewer and fewer people in the workforce and more and more people not in the workforce, which means there are fewer taxpayers who have to pay a total amount that's larger. And you can see where that's going. If we graft that out, eventually we're going to have a problem. We're going to have Jeff Bezos, the only person working and paying taxes. Um, it, it, it's a, I mean, I, I look at, at the regulatory uh, and, and tax environment and Congress and generally politics as the single biggest threat that we face from a, 
um, from a financial standpoint because most of the time, particularly legislators, are legislating on things they don't fully understand <laughs> because they also didn't learn financial literacy in school any more than the rest of us did. Correct. Yeah. No, it's, and I, you know, we work with a lot of people that are maybe, you know, five, 10, 15 years from retirement. So they might be in their fifties or early sixties. And, and I always say, you know, you were, you were told one thing throughout your entire adult life, just plow all your money into your 401k and defer your taxes. Because to, to the point you made just a moment ago, Eric, you're going to need less income in retirement. You'll be in a lower tax bracket. Everything's going to work out great. And where, where are we right now? They're all thinking, oh my goodness, I'm deferring all my taxes. What if they have to jack up the tax rates? just to cover this incredible debt that they've built up. And so this is a this is a very real uh, villain, a very real concern. And, and we think regardless of anyone's age, they should be thinking very thoughtfully about if they're saving for retirement, how they're doing that and how that money is going to be taxed uh, in retirement. There's there, there are lots of resources out there to try and preserve um, wealth from from evil Uncle Sam. Um, you know, I even put one out myself at lowtaxbook.com trying to say, here are the places where you can put money where it's never taxed again. Everyone bought into this 401k theory. You're absolutely right. And this idea that we'll, we'll pay the taxes eventually. And then you run into required distributions. And, it ra- and that not only raises your tax bracket, it raises your Medicare expenses. It, ra- it, it eliminates certain deductions that are available to you. Depending what state you're in, it can really clobber you. I mean, I, I think the, the, the wave of boomers retiring is, is also starting a demographic, I think it's already begun, but a demographic migration from high tax states to low tax states, simply because if the federal government has to raise taxes by five or six or eight or 10 percent, and, and you can reduce that by moving, it starts to make sense, or maybe it's a must that you move. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is, this is a huge issue. And to your point, it, it's all about understanding the risk and then understanding that there are a variety of potential solutions. And to your point, you need to, you need to be really thoughtful about you know, your long-term plan. And that, that can involve so many things. So I, I think you're absolutely right. There's, that's one, one great example of something that should be on everyone's kind of what, what they're watching for. So your next villain is one that is not intuitive to me. So, uh, you know, I, I looked at these and I, I thought, okay, I've, I've got five of them I really nailed. <laughs> one of them I'm not 100% sure. And this one now, I, I, I really don't know. So I'm, I'm curious. Sarah self-pay. Actually, when I read it, I thought it said self-pity, which I thought we were <laughs> going to get into behavioral finance um, and like poor Sarah. But so, so tell us about Sarah self-pay. What is, what is, uh, how is she a villain? Yeah, so she is um, for anyone who's looking at the book or has the book. It's a it's a nurse, and she's holding out a stack of medical bills at you. So she represents anything out of pocket that we're paying for medical costs. Um, this one got me into some serious hot water at home because my wife is a nurse. So she was saying, "Wait, are you saying that nurses are horrible people or something like that?" So uh, I've tried to blame that one on the cartoonist as well. But one example I go through Eric in the book is let's stop and actually think about you know most of us know you know what types of things. Things that we have to pay ourselves for medical costs. What's covered by insurance? What's covered by Medicare? Um, and but if you stop and think, how did the system start? And if you go back and think about it, what's what's kind of crazy is let's say you're 65 and you're on Medicare and you have a horrible heart attack and you have to go through uh, bypass surgery uh, and you have all these different things that that go through that and that could cost tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, Medicare is going to generally cover that. But what if you have a friend on the same day they're diagnosed with Alzheimer's and they need 
you know, a decade of nursing care, Medicare basically covers almost nothing of that. Now, what is the logic behind that? And that's the point of the book is if you stop and think about it, I don't know that there was any grand master plan for that to be the way our system works. But the point of that chapter, the point of talking about Sarah self-pay is just to make sure people understand as they're going into retirement, um, you know, what things are going to be covered, what things are probably not going to be covered. And it's not necessarily saying you need to have long-term care insurance or anything like that. It's really just saying, let's, I, we want to make sure you understand that there is a risk, that there is some significant out-of-pocket costs to various medical costs in retirement. And we just want to make sure you have a plan for that. So, so Pat, do you share my enthusiasm for health savings accounts? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of a better uh, I can't think of a better tax strategy or saving strategy to to defend against uh, Sarah self-pay. And if the cartoonist had a photo of your wife when when he drew the cartoon, you could still be in hot water. You do realize that. When I when <laughs> praise I the Lord e- that he didn't. <laughs> yeah, no. When I when I picture evil nurses, I, I picture big nurse from uh, Cuckoo's Nest. So that that's what uh, that's what I'm picturing. I don't know what she looks like, but if she looks anything like that character, I'm I'm going to lose sleep there too. All right, so let's move on. Um, Iceberg Ivan. I, I think I get this idea. I think this is the the big mistake or the you know the big catastrophe. But tell us how you how you dreamt him up. Yeah. So this is one. Uh, if you've heard the term, uh, there's no such thing as an original idea. This is the one that I'll argue is basically in my 24 years of experience, maybe the only original idea I've ever had. So uh, so I'm, I'm I was a little bit proud of it. It's it's a little bit aged now. But the idea is uh, just the fact that uh, everyone on Wall Street, um, everyone who offers savings and investments, we all know uh, they're not you know charities. They're trying to make money off of us. And the industry, uh, since my first version of the book, there's been some better disclosure. There's been better trends in our industry. But the bottom line is, it's very difficult to truly understand all the different costs of your savings and investments, whether that's a mutual fund, whether that's a 401k, wherever your money is. And so the idea here is that the cost on your savings and investments are very much like an iceberg. And uh, if you're like me, most of your knowledge of icebergs comes from Titanic. And uh, but, but as I was researching the book, um, it's, they say about 90% uh, of a typical iceberg is hidden under the surface. And so that's the idea of Iceberg Ivan. He represents all of the costs and the fees uh, as you're accumulating your nest egg that, are, that you're losing, um, and much of it you're not even aware of. Uh, and it's not to say that every fee is bad. What we want to do is we just want to make sure you're aware of them and we want to make sure you're getting value for those fees. You know, if you're paying for active management on an account, what are they doing that is driving value that makes them worthy of those fees? And so that's that's what that chapter represents. Interesting. Okay, so I completely misread uh, Ivan. Uh, my apologies to Ivan. Um, but <laughs> but but it, you're absolutely right, and I'm glad you bring this up because uh, most consumers have no idea what they're paying for financial advice, financial services, financial products, uh, vehicles, and other things. And lawyers over the last couple of decades and regulators over the last couple of decades have decided that the answer is more disclosure. And if you're anything (laughs) like me, if you're anything like me, when you get a 300-page prospectus, it might as well be blank because people are not going to digest that. They're not going to read it. If they read it, they're not going to understand it. And if they read it and understand it, they're not likely to do anything with that information anyway. Like the, the, the disclosures are so pervasive. Um, why this isn't simpler, I don't know. And every time you know, we as, as professionals try to simplify and be transparent, we run into new surprising hurdles in the, in the financial universe that, that make that harder. Um, how do we tackle this guy? 
Well, that's a great question. I have to say, first of all, because I love the the point you made about the 300 page prospectus. One of my favorite newspaper headlines I've ever seen was from the LA Times, and it's maybe 10 or 15 years old now. But it was kind of this headline that was supposed to shock the reader. And it said, "Less study shows less than 10% of investors actually read the prospectus. And I don't know about you, but I literally laughed out loud when I saw that. And I thought, well, 10% would be a it would be a dream of a regulator because yeah. I've been yeah. I, I've been doing this 24 years, and for 99% of the people that I've talked to, they look at a prospectus, they just start laughing. Like, are you kidding me? You'd have to literally be a Philadelphia lawyer to look at that and say, oh, I can't wait to read that now. So the the new study is out. It says that 90% don't read it, 10% lie about reading it, but 100% recycle it. So so there's that. We have that going for us. That's great. Jeez. Oh, oh, my goodness. All right. So... so. Let's let's move on. We can talk lawyers and politics over a adult beverage, but uh, as at, at present it's ten o'clock in the morning, so I don't want to do that. Uh, let's talk about systematic Sammy. Why is systematic Sammy a, a villain? I, I, systematic uh, dollar cost average, averaging. I, I was told was good. What is systematic oh. Sammy? Such a good, such a good way of putting that question, Eric. Yeah. So, Systematic Sammy, um, when you're if you're looking at the book, um, it is a it's a wolf uh, with a uh, literally with with sheep's clothing. So, so Sammy is exactly to your point. He is telling you this is a great idea, and uh, many of your friends might say it's a great idea, and there will even be financial professionals that tell you it's a great idea. But it is one of the biggest dangers in retirement. And to you, what you said is exactly right. We are all taught in finance that um, dollar cost averaging, which I always use the example for anyone who says, what what on earth is that? That's like literally when you sign up for your 401k at work, that's dollar cost averaging. And the math proves that when you are putting money into your nest egg, dollar cost averaging always works out to your advantage. And um, the, re- the reason is if you're putting 100 bucks in per pay period and the stock market goes down, well, you're buying more shares at a lower price. So um, it is wonderful the way the math works. So uh, the, the reason I put this in the book is I find even when I wrote the book a little while ago and even today, it's just not, uh, our brains don't understand that the, it doesn't work the same way coming out. And so you accumulate, you save, you save, you save. Let's say you got a million bucks and now you're going to ride off into the sunset and enjoy this amazing retirement and you start just draft, you have a, a mixture of you know stocks and mutual funds or things like that and everything's going great and you're, draw, you're systematically drawing money out every month and then all of a sudden 2000 or 2008 happens and the market crashes in half. Well, what's actually happening is you're doing the exact opposite of dollar cost averaging. Now, when the market is down, you need to sell more shares to make your income every month in retirement. And this is something, uh, I don't know, Eric, when you started in financial planning, but I was I was the beginning in 97. So the, you know, the markets were booming and everyone was saying, everything's changed. It's always going to go up now. And just a few <laughs> years in, the market crashed in 2000 and 2001. And that's when I was starting to see this conversation where people were completely blindsided and real realizing this is a really big deal. So um, that's the reason this is one of, to me, one of the most important villains that I can convey to uh, readers and to our listeners. It, it, all of us are programmed. We spend 50 years of our lives, Pat, building the nest egg, doing the dollar cost averaging, adding every paycheck every month, every year, uh, funding things. And the mountain charts, they don't lie. Generally, that is a, a reasonably sound thing. And we're programmed to do it for most of our adult lives. What no one knows how to do intuitively is figure out how to use the money mm. because every dollar is not treated the same. Some dollars have a mortgage on them in the form of, of ordinary taxes due. Some have capital gains taxes due. Some have uh, other restrictions or, or, or liquidity issues on them. 
So every dollar is not the same. And if you're just using that total return strategy and you're just pulling out three or four or 5% a year, whatever your number is, it, 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 you're, you're one bad market away from chopping trees down in your financial orchard. It makes no sense to me. And it's people exactly do it every right. day. And people do it every day and they're told by people who are supposed to know better that it'll work because the, the truth is if the, if everything's going up, it does work. The only problem is it doesn't always go up. <laughs> so that's, well, so that's, and then again, this isn't to say, you know, sometimes people say, well, Pat thinks I shouldn't ever have any money in the market when I'm retired. And that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you shouldn't be drawing your income out of the principle of your money that's in the market because there will be a day, like you say, where that's going to, that's going to devastate you. So just, just understanding that. And that's one of those things like you, exactly like you said, Mentally, it doesn't make sense to us, and we just have to be educated and understand that. Well, uh, systematic Sammy, is uh, that's great. And that, I think, is unique also, by the way. So I'm giving you credit for two. Oh, uh, that's right, great. Last wow. One, last one. Yeah, no, no. You've gotten extra credit already, and we're going to get an extra credit assignment from you. And it's probably going to be pick your favorite, favorite villain and stomp them um, you know, in some way. But um, let's talk about antiquated Andy. Because yeah, integrated, so integrated Andy, I, I, I think I think uh, I, I think I'm related to some of those people. Tell me about <laughs> tell me about him. Yeah, so he's a caveman, and a little bit of behind the scenes. I had originally written this um, as a uh, as a uh, buggy uh, buggy whip manufacturer uh, uh -huh. before right before cars were introduced. And the idea of antiquated Andy is simply that uh, so many things um, that are taught in personal finance um, are antiquated and they don't change. And so it's very related to systematic Sammy. You know, if you go to um, you know, we have people all the time who come to us who maybe are with a big international brokerage or you know large firm that just that says hey uh, for example bonds aren't performing very well so we think you should have all your money in the market and they only think in these very simple terms of all your money being in stocks and bonds so we believe that there are other places out there kind of like you said with tax planning there's different there's all kinds of different solutions out there why not be more comprehensive and look at all the different areas where you can have your money so the idea of this is simply something that's outdated uh, that hasn't been updated uh, I really like the buggy whip manufacturer because that was completely put you know out of place by cars but the the cartoonist said it was too hard to convey that in a cartoon so he he went with the caveman well the the buggy whip thing reminds me of danny devito and other people's money if you remember that movie there's a scene yes. about saying this company manufactures buggy whips and i don't care if they're the best buggy whips you've ever seen there's not going to be a need for them very very soon uh <laughs> so it's it's sort of an interesting thing so so we've talked about the seven. First of all i absolutely love this i'm going to buy your book i'm going to read it and and i'm going to tell people about my experience with it because this really I know I'm a bit of a money nerd, and I'm I'm a self-declared you know, money nerd and comfortable with that. But this is fun for me. Um, it's also really nice to to put a, a, a spin on something in a way that is, you said, accessible. It, it's it's very much that. So I, I appreciate what you've done with this. What are the defensive mechanisms? What are the things that you recommend that people can do, um, sort of on a macro level, to watch out for all of these these ills? Well, I think um, you know the the two answers, which both are uh, both are honest, but also a little self serving. One is just to be educated, and I think if if someone's listening to this right now, that's 
phenomenal. That's that's a great place to be, right? Obviously, that's your. What, I know that's one of your passions is educating people on these ideas. So listen to the podcasts like this, um, read my read books like uh, like my books, and that's number one. And then the second one is it's the most boring thing that I can say, but it's the absolute truth: is get a plan, uh, either figure it out yourself, hire a planner like us, uh, find someone that you know your philosophy meshes with, because you don't want to wing it with retirement. Retirement is just way too important and having a plan and implementing that plan and managing that plan is just it's just it brings tremendous value tremendous comfort uh to so many people and that's so that's that's what we're all that's what we're always um uh, touting uh, and trying to get out into the masses well that is uh both simple and sage advice um and, and i couldn't agree with you more i think you've you've hit it right on the head um, we're uh, unbelievably almost out of time. This has been a phenomenal conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. How can people find out more about you? Where can they buy your book? Yeah, so uh, the easiest is, uh, of course, Amazon for the book. Uh, my, nest, my last name is Struby, S-T-R-U-B-B-E. It's difficult to spell, but the good news is if you get it in there, there's no other competition. So uh, <laughs> uh, save, save Your Retirement. And I do have two uh, that have been bestsellers on Amazon, Save Your Retirement, which is definitely the one that's more fun. Uh, so that is a more comprehensive ta- uh, retirement planning uh, book. Uh, the newest one is The Retirement Secret. And that is, instead of villains, we have three retirement mentors. And that's more focused on investing as you get close to and in retirement. I uh, would love for everyone to check out the books. Uh, we've gotten wonderful feedback on both of those. Amazon is the, the fastest, easiest, least expensive place to go. And uh, if you want to find out more about us, the easiest website's retirewithpat.com. But I, I think the book is is certainly the best place to start. Phenomenal. And it's, it's time for your extra credit assignment. And you've, you've given us so much wisdom and so much value today. But if there were one thing, one thing people could do right now, having, having spent a half hour with us, what would the extra credit assignment be for them to save their retirement? Well, the amazing thing, Eric, is I think we're kindred spirits. So um, my my extra credit is you actually mentioned it earlier, which I was going to say, uh, take a look at the book. Even if you don't buy it, you can look at everything you know on Amazon and understand who those villains are. Pick the one that is most important to you and then understand what your strategies are to protect yourself from them. Of course, we would love for you to understand all of them, you know, uh, read the book, uh, which also talks about this, you know, the various solutions to each of these. Uh, but of course, you can't do seven things simultaneously. We know that's not possible. So pick the one that's most important to you and get started and take those first steps uh, to making sure you've protected your retirement. I absolutely love it. Pat, you've been an amazing guest. I thoroughly appreciate your time, your wisdom, and everything you're doing in the industry because um, our, our financial advising industry needs uh, more Pat Strubies. So thank you for doing what you do to educate the masses and to, and to help people navigate what is really complicated. It's been great having you on Don't Retire, Graduate. Thanks, Eric, very much. I really enjoy uh, all that you do as well and uh, really enjoyed it. Thanks. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Please also check out our books, workbooks, and online financial literacy resources at BrotmanMedia.com. We'll be back next week with another installment of Office Hours and in two weeks with another engaging guest. For now, this is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. From this day forward, let us begin changing the way we view retirement. Today, I implore you, don't retire, graduate. Visit our website at BrotmanMedia.com to subscribe. And please like us and post comments on social media. 
Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.